Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM-7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. I'm back with Emmy Award-winning designer, director, and founder of the future, Chris Doe. After 25 years in the industry, Chris has done just about everything from design to motion graphics to running multiple successful businesses from the ground up. In previous episodes, Chris shared some amazing insight into growing and scaling businesses, problem solving, and overcoming fear. But today, we get a bit more personal. In this episode, we discuss how to pass down knowledge and know-how to the next generation, and sometimes to our biggest critics, our own children. Chris reveals four incredible principles for raising kids that grow up to be resilient people that are excellent decision makers. As a father of three boys, this discussion hit home, and I'm excited to share this conversation with you. But before we get started, if you haven't signed up for my free newsletter adaptation, you should check it out. Every Friday, I'll email you actionable tips for your mind, body, and recovery to help you look, feel, perform better. Check it out now. The link is in the show notes. Now to my conversation with Chris. So let's lean in and learn from the best. How do you translate these lessons to your children? Yeah. Well, I think the best way to teach your children, just like everybody else, is to live by example. And you know, you told this nice story about you speaking at this association, and then you you drilled it down to a point. And there's a funny thing, and you're kind of putting yourself vulnerable state out there, but you said the thing is, you're not as important as you think you are. And that was a lesson. And so Mm. what happens is your children will watch you. They see the movie. They're not always sure what the takeaway is. So I think as a guide, as a mentor, as a parent, sometimes you have to sit down and kind of crystallize it for them and say, here's what's happening underneath all that stuff. Here's the subtext or here's the motivation or the context for what you're seeing. You might see me doing something that you don't understand where I have to be very strict with someone or I have to let someone go. Because my children have kind of grown up with my employees and they know who everybody is. And so they're like, oh, dad, did you? were you talking about letting that person go? And I said, yes. And they're like, why would you do that, dad? I like that person. I said, well, here's the problem. I can't pay people to hang around just because we like them because then I won't have money for your school. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's how this works. And and we have to understand that not always are we the perfect fit for each other. And Mm. in fact, I think sometimes when it's not a good fit, I'm actually holding them back from finding their ideal match where they could thrive. And so my children get to understand something a little bit differently. And my children aren't asked to do a lot of chores. It's not like the way I grew up or maybe the way you grew up. Mm. And like the little things, like, you know, your, your job is to take out the trash. And they're like, God, oh, do I have to? I'm like, no, you don't have to. You get to. Mm. And my son looks at me like quizzically, like, what do you mean I get to? This is not a privilege. I said, well, let's talk about this. And we sat down. I said, why do you get to take out the trash? He goes, I don't understand where you're going with this, dad. I said, because we have trash to put in there. What does that mean? That we've consumed things that we've purchased with money. Could you imagine how many people would just be happy to have trash? Look at Mm -hmm. it through that lens and try to understand that we're very privileged to have things to actually consume and then put into a container that someone comes to pick up every single week. And then we get to live in this house and to live in this neighborhood and to go to the schools that we get to go to and eat the foods that we get to eat and have these experiences So let's shift away from I have to to I get to. Like every time you feel pain around something, reframe it from I have to to I get to. Mm. 
so rich. One of the things that you said that really stuck out to me is living by example. That's hard. I'm just trying to be like real here. It's easy to, to live an example on social media. It's easy to live an example through writing or teaching. And I think the biggest disappointments in our lives are not being an example at home in moments where you lose your temper or you're not the type of person you want to be to your spouse or to your children. And those are the people, I mean, Chris, you and I, I think are aligned on this. Like we could accomplish all sorts of crazy stuff, right? You could have a billion dollar exit. You could, you could educate a billion people, right? But at the end of the day, if you don't have a great relationship with your children at the end of the day, that's the legacy, right? Did I pour into my kids? How did they turn up? And some of that we don't control. Right. How do you overcome those moments of failure? I, I want to share first my philosophy about parenting. It's it's going to be a little bit unconventional. Mm-hmm. And it's something that my wife and I have struggled with, and we disagree with each other on this topic. So I have two boys. One is 19. One's going to turn 17 pretty soon. And she's like, you're you're tight with your youngest. And my oldest, he's, he's a brilliant boy. He's like super bright, like tested on the spectrum, like 1% top one percentile and he's a mama's boy and he and my wife get along so well and they have this deep emotional connection i'm so happy for them but we're, we're a little distant my youngest comes and he runs up to me all the time when i come home he hugs me holds me we hug each other all the time and he's and he's like almost 17 so my wife's like you know you need to spend more time with him you need to have this kind of connection i said i'm, I'm the same person to both my boys but what you don't understand is both boys don't want the same thing So lesson number one is treat your children as individuals, not as carbon copies of each other. They share the same DNA, but they're not the same people. We know this because we can like, who are the parents of these two children? Because they're not even the same. Mm. And so that's the number one mistake is to say we only have one way of working and we're going to bend our children to our way versus we're going to bend to their way. Mm. My youngest needs more encouragement. He needs more direction. My oldest is super independent, needs to do his own thing, give him lots of space and freedom. And so for a period in time, I think he felt like not loved by me. But my my philosophy on parenting is don't try to raise your children to fix the mistakes that you made. And this is the problem of how a lot of parents raise their children. I didn't get into that school, so I want you to go to Princeton. I didn't study this. I didn't marry that person, and I now want you to do those things. And we're trying to correct for our mistakes. You know what? You had your shot. For whatever reason, you had your shot. You made your choices. You live with them. And I believe in this kind of laissez-faire hands-off approach to raising your own children. They need to figure out who they are. So what I want to do is set very wide boundaries of what you can't do and everything else is fair play Mm. because I need them to discover themselves. And there's an important part when, when it comes to like child psychology, which is when you break the spirit of your children, when you force upon them your ideas, your thinking, your, your religion, even all those habits on them, you break their will. And when they're around those very influential peers who are like, let's do a line of coke. Let's go and do, let's go rob a bank. Let's go punch a person in the face. They don't have that will anymore because you broke it from them. So mm. you want a child who's resilient, who's opinionated, who doesn't want to do what you want to do because that's going to serve them really well. And I can see it in my children. When they're around people that are bad, they they immediately leave or they try to stop them. To their, you know, they get in trouble for that too, but. They know right from wrong, and they're willing to stand up for it. And I think that's really, really important. And so now, come full circle, 
my oldest, who my wife was very concerned that, that he doesn't love me, they might even dislike me. We have a really great relationship. And I was telling my wife, I'm willing to bet that this plan will work. I'm mm-hmm. going to do it my way. And she has then since admitted, I see the genius in the plan. And now I know what you're doing. She doesn't use those words exactly. Yeah. Like I'm using a little <laughs> creative like, license. Really? Oh. <laughs> yeah, she didn't quite use those words. Yeah. It was more like, huh, all right. <laughs> but you know. I got it. Yeah. That is so interesting because um, there is a, a verse in the Bible that says, raise your children in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. And there was a scholar I heard talk about the when it says way they should go, it's really the way that they are bent. Mm. Raise your children in the way that they are bent. Everybody's bent in a different way. Yeah. And I've had to accept that. And like, you know, my oldest son is very different than my middle son. My two-year-old, we're still trying to figure out he's completely insane. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, they're just different people. And yeah. if I try to force the older one into the box of whatever, they're going to regret me for it. And so we have to give them latitude. You know, obviously with some, like you said, the, the guidelines are there. Yeah. But like, you got to let them explore. And I, I really, I think that's, I think that's brilliant. You said that was lesson number one. Is there any other lessons here? Yeah, there are a lot of lessons, I think. When you talk about how do you lead by example and how do you raise your children first is to make sure that you don't use one plan for all your children. I think lesson number two is let them discover who they are and do not try to break them. Mm-hmm. Number three would probably be set up healthy boundaries. One thing that I learned from my family therapist a long time ago was she said that children find safety and comfort when they know someone's in charge. This is really important. Mm. And she was saying like, you notice how like some single parents, they call mom by Mary and not mom or dad, Billy. Well, who's in charge here? Who is in charge? And they find great discomfort in that. They don't feel safe and secure. So when my boys were younger, I would have what we would call like the commander voice. And when commander voice is used, we don't question, we, we fall in line and we just go. And it was quite interesting because my wife's like, why'd you just use that voice? It scared all of us because it was time to use that voice. So this is the typical scenario. My boys, they're little dudes. We're walking around in a parking garage and they're not paying attention. They never pay attention, right? Mm -hmm. And I can see from my vantage point, there are other people who are also not paying attention who are driving. And so they'll back right up into them if we're not paying attention. So I'll do this. I'll quite literally say, boys, in that kind of voice, I snap my finger and they all just immediately fall in line <laughs> and they're at attention and we're moving together and we might even hold hands. And then I've done this thing that my, my therapist asked me to do or told me to do, which is pick up your boys from time to time, bring them to your vantage point and show them what you see. So don't think this is arbitrary and you don't have to do that that often. So I would pick up my boy and I'd pick him up. You see that person right there. They're just getting in the car. They're using their phone and they're backing up right now. And at that point of view, I can see them, but they cannot see you because you're below the line of sight. Now, Mm. later on, when we're going on some adventures, quote unquote, whenever they feel unsafe and scared, they just run to me and they follow me and we do what we need to do. And that's Mm. how you know you've established that relationship that someone's in charge. Now, over time, as they get older, you have to like dial that back way, way, way back. But when they're little kids, you have to step into that position of authority and you are in charge. Nothing is up for debate here. And there's things that we can decide upon, like where we want to eat, what park we want to go to. That stuff is not important. The, the last lesson I would, would share with you, which is what my family therapist taught me, is you have to start teaching your children to make decisions. 
small decisions, inconsequential decisions, because they need to figure the stuff out. So here's the, here's the trick. Let's say you're going to go out to go eat somewhere and you would say to them, are you feeling like pizza or pasta? And so you're giving them two innocuous options, both of which are fine with you. You're not saying, do you want Candyland or do you want roast beef? Right. You just pick two or three things and then you let them decide. And here's the part that you have to understand. You have to respect their decision and allow them to pick. Because mm. sometimes we give children false choices. We'll say, where would you like to eat? Which opens up every possible option. And they'll pick something that's an hour away with a three-hour wait. And <laughs> that's $400 dinner. And, and then when they make that choice, and you're like, well, we're not going to do that. What you're telegraphing to them is your decisions don't matter. And I'm not really looking for your opinion. And that's mm. the wrong way to do it. That is so bright. I'm going to have to put this into play. I did not expect to get into this conversation today, but this is like, this is stuff that I think all parents and look, if you're not a parent, if you're in some leadership role with, with kids, whether it's like at a community group or whatever, these are things you can put in an action in the play because we're all just grown up kids. Right. And in some way or another, we're all looking for guidance, but, um, Chris, I really appreciate you as a friend. Um, folks, if you're listening to this and you're like, like, you know, you need to, here's what I'd say, whether you're a creator or not, go watch some of these YouTube videos. There's some I'm going to put in the link in the show notes, uh, one on reinventing yourself that is absolutely brilliant. But Chris is a masterful teacher. And uh, I found him, found his content and really just fell in love. There's so many gems of learning, even in negotiation that you can draw into whatever you're doing, whether you're somebody negotiating a salary, negotiating with a client, negotiating with your kids, whatever it is. I would highly recommend you give him a follow. He's got a wonderful book, Pocket Full of Dough. Go get, get that one too. Uh, anything new that's come out recently that I don't know about? I think that's most of it. Yeah. yeah. We'll put it all in the show notes. Thank but you. There is not like there, anybody can take something from what you're doing and apply it to their life. It's that universal and that targeted at the same time. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your wisdom. It's always a pleasure to spend time talking to you. Likewise, Eric. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if as you were listening today, somebody came to mind, somebody that you know needs to hear this message, would you please share this with them? as this is one of the best ways that you can make an impact in someone else's life. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.